you know, when society accepts that I can be an equal caregiver, if not even a primary caregiver to my kids, then that's when we're on the way to equality. And what I mean by that is, you know, a few weeks ago, my wife was was off in London with uh, her friends having a good time. So I had both the kids. So we went out, we had some lunch and we were sat at a table and I had uh, my daughter kind of balanced on my knee. My son was sat opposite and we were just having some food. And this lady comes up to me and says to me, you're doing a great job. And I just think, you know, I obviously smiled and said thanks and laughed a bit. But I just thought you'd never do that to a woman, right? Welcome to another episode of the Work Life Hub podcast. Each week, we bring you an inspiring guest to help you discover the new world of work and learn how your organization can reach its full potential. Thank you for tuning in and spending some time with us today. To find out more about the Work Life Hub, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Welcome to the listeners of the Work Life Hub podcast. This is your host, Agnes Suheretsky. And today it is my great pleasure to be joined by um, a fantastic individual who I've been really following on LinkedIn and across social media. And I find him so inspiring, especially in relation to all the work we're doing. And this man is Dan Reed. Hi, Dan. Hi, Agnes. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on the show. And just let me introduce you very briefly, and then I will hand over to you to tell listeners all about your passion and and what you're about. So Dan is uh, working at financial services sector. He is the dad of two beautiful kids and... The reason why we're speaking today, he's the founder of Career Dad. So, Career Dad is um, a newly created venture, and then will tell us all about it. And the goal is to connect dads who are both focused in their career as well as wanting to be the best fathers they can be. And as we all know, um, the rate of take up of parental leave by fathers is really, really low. There has been only very, very small progress, even in some of the other countries like Germany, where they have had 10 years of introducing parental leave. So uh, Dan's mission and, and work is, is, is very much needed across across the country, uh, the countries and, and Europe and the world. So Dan, uh, without me going on too much now, <laughs> uh, I would like to just ask you to tell listeners um how did you get started? What drives you? What gets you up in the morning? But more specifically, what keeps you up at night and in the <laughs> weekends to, to push forward this, this agenda of, of supporting fellow working dads? Yeah, no, sure. And and what a great intro. Um, you've kind of done my job for me, but I'll I'll try and, and pad it out a little bit. So so yeah, so I've I've got quite a corporate job within financial services, quite um a responsibility because I head up digital and platform deliveries, so websites and marketing technology and, and all of that good stuff. Um, it's quite a full-on job. It is, it's not a nine-to-five job, and, but that's what I've chosen to do. Uh, I realized about five or six years ago that I actually was quite career-driven after thinking I wasn't for, mm-hmm. for you know my early 20s. Um, but I've always been really family oriented from the youngest age I can remember uh, of about five years old, thinking that I wanted to have a family when I was older, which is which is a bit strange. That's probably a story for another day. Um, but 
I really wanted to have a family but be a present father in that family. And as I was building my career and I realized that I was working more in London or starting to work overseas, um, you know, leaving the house early, getting home late, I, before having my kids, I was starting to worry about, well, if I continue down this road, how is that going to play out? And when my son was born and he's five, he's nearly six now, um, I was saying to my wife, you know, I'll carry on with this whole career thing until the balance is, is out of whack. So when when um, I feel like there's there's too much imbalance, then I'll stop the career. Uh, we'll level off there and I'll focus on family. And I don't think either of us really believed it but it kind of helped to to think that that was what would happen. Uh, and then it was when my, my daughter came along, so she's now eight months old. Um, I really struggled on paternity leave because uh, we had an unplanned home birth, so uh, it happened very quickly, uh, and I was meant to be in the office that day, and I had um, a number of quite important meetings lined up. We were going through a restructure that I was... Uh, wondering how that was going to play out and and then all of a sudden everything stopped and you know whether it's second child or uh, I, I don't know home birth experience was was very different to a hospital experience and you know after a few days I, I just wanted to check in to see how, how things were going at work so I'd send a few whatsapps and say hey you know how, how did this project go how did this meeting go and the response that I got was, you know, Dan, get your priorities straight. You should be enjoying this time with your family. You know, work will be here when you return. Don't worry about it. And I was thinking, well, I'm not I'm not worried about it, but I'm fulfilled by work as I am family. They're both equally important to me. Um, and I felt like I was made out to be a bad father because I wanted to know what was happening with work. And it just didn't really sit well with me. So I decided to, uh, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm quite active on LinkedIn, have been for a number of years. So I just reached out to my LinkedIn connections and said, look, I, I, I kind of feel this pull between career and also dad. I'm thinking of starting something in this space. And those two words both mean a lot to me. So, hey, what what if I said career dad, does that mean anything to anyone? And the response that I got from guys just saying, yes, I understand this. I don't need to know anything more. I understand what you're saying. What are you building? How can I help? And and that was uh, about August, September of last year. And since then, um, we've launched the website. So careerdad.co.uk, where there's lots of articles around flexible working and um, also career management and how to find a mentor and all the career side of things, but also the family side of things and things that I learned about being a dad when I returned to the office and how, you know, we don't need to be pretending to live our best lives all the time. Sometimes it's tough and that's OK. Um, there's the podcast as well, uh, The Career Dad Show. Uh, which tries to take real stories from real average guys that might help other people. So there are more career-based stories of dads who have set up their own businesses whilst working full-time and how they manage that with family. There are stories of dads who have emigrated with their children and subsequently had more children and how they managed having children outside of the country with grandparents and that kind of thing. And also some sadder stories um, around bereavement. You know, there was one guy who, who talked about 
his daughter died within two days of being born the company didn't know really what to do so they just gave him paternity leave and he had to organize his daughter's funeral during paternity leave and Mm. and you know but so some of them are, are quite hard stories but they're stories that both me and the guests who attend feel like they will add value to other listeners and that's where we've got to really fantastic um I, one of my favorite stories well favorite but i really like that story somebody told me that there was this corporate meeting and uh you know one of the organizations one of the companies said well excuse me but i i have a hard stop at, at five o'clock i need to leave this meeting so mm. this man uh, you know started to to pack up and go and then another man in the meeting also said from another company that yes I, actually for me too I have some other client engagements I need to really make this a hard stop so they both left at the same time only to meet again in half an hour at the football pitch where their kids were playing against each other <laughs> <laughs> and so you know that's one of the reasons I find your work so valuable because this is still a taboo topic right I mean yeah. this is not something Especially what hit hard when you were talking about this, this dad talking about um, you know the the his newborn dying, and, and this mm. is really not something that not even women discuss. But I no. mean, all the fatherhood, parenting related issues, men just never seem to talk about, right? Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I think that you know that's obviously at the the end of the spectrum of difficult conversations but if you if you bring it back you know some of the conversations are around you know are 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 my kids involved in too many activities do we give them enough downtime and it's almost this is a hushed conversation i think this you know we can talk about this stuff this isn't and i think i think it goes back to that you know under behind every parent um, you know dad or mum there is a parent who worries whether they're doing the right thing. It just so happens that dads historically don't talk about that. And thankfully, through a mixture of, you know, environment and genetics or whatever it is, I feel incredibly comfortable talking about that. So if I can be the conduit that allows other people to feel more comfortable, then that's my kind of job done. That's great. And, And when you, I mean, you mentioned a little bit um, that, you know, when you were, you sent out your first kind of rallying call. Yeah. Uh, other other dads responded very positively. Yes. But when you now venture maybe outside of this, um, you know, um, early adopters, let's call them a, a <laughs> yeah. circle, what kind of reactions do you get when you speak about your mission and work? Did you get any odd uh, kind of reactions or... or you know negative ones yeah for sure so so partic- so i wouldn't say specifically from dads so i've got i've got a few interesting anecdotes um i think from from dads it's generally extremely positive and i'd say that is across uh, age demographics it's across industries it's across seniorities i mean i've i've got someone who's a ceo of a company message me saying I wish I'd had something like this years ago. Mm. So, which is fantastic. Great validation, right? Yeah, Yeah. right. And and I've also got, I've got people who are at university saying, I'm not a dad yet, but I'm already thinking about this. So it's just, I think it's a a bit potluck, a bit societal 
something has hit at the right time, which which is great. However, I have had a number of conversations. Um, it does tend to be with women around why focus on the dad? Why focus on men? And, and some some of it's direct, um, as in I get the question, why are you not talking about parental guilt instead of, you know, I talk about dad guilt. Mm-hmm. The question is, why aren't you talking around parental guilt? Some of it's direct. Some of it's very indirect. I had someone on uh, Twitter the other day, uh, I, I posted um, a video because I did an interview with uh, the Washington Post. And uh, they they commented on the video saying, oh, great. Well, now that a white male is talking about this, maybe something will be done. Okay. Um, so kind of the more passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Um, and yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I think that I, I, I try to understand where people are coming from. I, I've, I've gone through, you know, my early 20s of just being very uh having my views my views are correct and anyone who doesn't agree with my views is wrong and i'm going to argue with them to now being in a position where if someone disagrees with me i want to understand why i want to understand where where they're they're coming at it from and and actually when i tend to go back with that compassion instead of just you don't know what you're talking about i reckon probably half come round not to my way of thinking but at least understand where i'm coming from um but to answer the question of you know why why is that why does that attitude exist and and why do i sometimes get those comments i think it's because we see things as binary and what i like to say is that yes i talk about this from a dad's perspective because that's what i know i'm a dad um, so I'm not going to talk about it from a mum's perspective. And the reason that I don't talk about it from a parent perspective is there's a lot of research that shows that people don't actually identify as being a parent. So when you get companies organizing, hey, there's this parental event, mums and dads alike kind of go, huh. whereas if you say, oh, there's this mum event or this dad event or there's a mum and dad event, which is the same thing as a parental event, there's a lot more engagement. So that that's why i talk about it and where i think that the resistance is and i think the second point is that yes i'm talking about dads but that's because if we want true equality which is something that i would really like to see we have to bring dads and men on that journey because if you you know the 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 anecdote I, i always give is you know when society accepts that i can be an equal caregiver if not even a primary caregiver to my kids, then that's when we're on the way to equality. And what I mean by that is, you know, a few weeks ago, my wife was was off in London with uh, her friends having a good time. So I had both the kids. So we went out, we had some lunch and we were sat at a table and I had uh, my daughter kind of balanced on my knee. My son was sat opposite and we were just having some food. And this lady comes up to me and, uh, she, and, and with, with the, you know, the the nicest of intentions says to me you're doing a great job and i just think you know i obviously smiled and said thanks and laughed a bit but i just thought you'd never do that to a woman right mm-hmm. you'd never you'd never go up and say hey, you know, how patronizing is that and i think that you know she didn't mean anything by it and it was a genuine compliment but i think the fact that that is a genuine compliment that's my issue there's probably a big generation um gap and, and transition sure. or change going on I, I I definitely see that as well and um, you know n- younger 
men and millennials especially, I think are really, really pushing, pushing this agenda. Um, yeah. But let me just pick on something that you that you said earlier, because um, talking, you know, about n- not mm, labeling yourself as a parent advocate, but as, mm. as a dad's advocate. And, and I had this conversation with um, the diversity manager, I think two years back uh, of, a, of, of a financial institution here in Belgium. And she was also saying that they had moms groups, uh, yeah. like a resource group for moms. And that they wanted to be more inclusive, so they decided to have parents uh, yeah. group. But she said that when the fathers were there, the women changed what and how they were talking about these issues. Yeah, um, they wanted maybe to feel to seem tougher or more resilient. I'm not. I don't exactly remember what she was specifically referring to. But the bottom line was that they then changed it back to mom's groups um, yeah. because they felt that that gave them more of this psychological safety, more of the peer support. So I, I totally subscribe to this. I, I can well imagine that, that 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 must be the same kind of dynamics between dads. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, so uh, th- with Career Dad, there are a number of groups. So there's the the LinkedIn group, which is open to absolutely anybody who who wants to join. The Facebook group, however, is only for men, and and that is that is purposeful. That's because those the real honest conversations of of guys saying I'm really worried about failing at this. That happens in that group because there's no fear that some kind of weakness will be visible to their partner or their partner's friends or or even if there's another dad in that group who knows the the original person's wife there's just this understanding as there would be if it was a women's only group that what is said in the group stays in the group with no judgment so i I think that's completely valid and you know there is an argument there right that says well how is that gender equality but my counter argument to that is the the seesaw is so much one way that if I have to jump really hard as a counterweight at the moment until the seesaw balances out, then I, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And it's looking at the bigger picture, right? So it's not, let's not get petty about, you know, who gets more airtime, moms or dads. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. if your agenda, your advocacy is creating... Uh, a change in the mentalities, in the attitudes, just yeah. as what you said about society or companies or employers looking and considering men to be, you know, just as competent and interested and engaged carers, mm. then that is going to tip the scales on women being considered the only available or possible carer. Absolutely. And therefore free up you know, their competency and, and, and um, skills for their careers as well. And, and it's just looking at the broader societal change and not just now on, you know, who gets more airtime. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'd say that I'm a, I'm a, a staunch feminist. That's why I'm focusing on dads, because <laughs> we need we need to have that focus on dads to say, look, you guys are thinking this. I'm just saying it's OK to say it or even if 
that it's not okay to say it in your head you're okay to think about it just think about it um and and you touched on something really interesting there which is you know and i'm very conscious that i don't want this to come across as um like i have no sense of humor or, or, or any of that but there are just some father figures in society that are so poorly portrayed in you know kids tv shows so if you look at Peppa Pig, which is obviously a hugely, <laughs> you know, uh, famous kids TV show. If you look at the role of Daddy Pig, he's he's the most incompetent, bumbling Joker, father. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the just clown. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. the clown can't get anything right. Is always messing up. Um, and and yes, it's 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 kind of funny and light relief. But if this is even, you know, subliminally reinforcing that message that dads cannot be serious they cannot you know when when daddy pig is looking after george and pepper for for the day something goes horribly wrong (laughs) um it's just it's just those little things that i think are maybe more toxic than we think they are and there's a new movie out somebody was actually um really assessing it on on linkedin about uh, it's a french movie called uh, 10 days without mum where of course uh, everything goes horribly wrong and the, and the man is is very incompetent and 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 I remember one of these jokes from um, from Hungary you know where I'm from which has mm. very very well entrenched uh, gender stereotypes where it said you know the father has to look after the child because the mother is away and then he's doing this he's doing the feeding and the dressing and then the school and then home and then you know, dinner and then the mm. bath and, and the father in the end, end of the day is just asking, you know, the child saying, so it was a great day, right? And I did just as well as mommy did, right? And then the child says, yes, dad, but she takes my shoes off for the bath. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, it's funny, but but these are yeah. little dicks, right? Yeah. That yeah, yeah, That yeah. just reinforce exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So in your experience, when you work with or, you know, support or talk to organizations, Mm. what are some of these existing barriers that mean that, you know, fathers and men don't embrace this part of their lives, the parenthood, that they may not request flexible working or their parental leave and really leave some of these rights on the table which which they and their families could really benefit from yeah absolutely and and you've actually raised an interesting point that i failed to mention that i i have now started working with organizations Mm -hmm. to to help them address some of these issues which is it wasn't what i thought when i set this up but i think the you know my is there (laughs) the 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 need is there and, and i think that yeah, just before I answer your question, mm-hmm. that a few a few weeks ago is when I finally came up with the career dad mission statement, which is simply to to positively impact as many dads' lives as possible, because I think it's a never-ending mission. It can never be achieved, um, but it's something that I think everything that I do, whether it be any talk that I give or even this, any podcast that I say yes, I, I want to be a part of do I think it'll help achieve that mission? And if no, then I won't do it. And if yes, then I'll do my absolute best to to do it. But to, to answer your question, I think there's there's a number of things, right? So I think on, on shared parental leave and fathers taking um, extended leave, 
the there's a number of barriers within that i think that there's the historical cultural societal barriers of um well let's break it down to judgment right so what are my friends my co-workers my boss what are they going to think of me if i say i want to take three months shared parental leave will i still be as eligible for that promotion that i wanted or will they think that i want to take my foot off the gas and focus on family i think that that's one barrier um i think that pay is another barrier Mm -hmm. so um i think that now in the uk in particular you've got some really uh, strong examples of changes to shared parental leave policy so so i know aviva um is is really leading the way with what they're doing with their shared parental leave policy and they're they're offering full pay um you know it's not it's not uh, statutory it's is full pay for, for mums and for dads i think that where you've got examples of companies saying yes you can take shared parental leave but you have to take the statutory pay away from your partner um you know we go back to gender uh, equality and in a lot of circumstances the the guy is earning more than the the woman so can the family actually afford to do that shared parental leave uh especially if they're on a mortgage if they have another child and they're paying child care yeah absolutely absolutely and i think you know, you, you asked um, what can companies do or what, what potentially a company's missing out on in terms of supporting dads. And I think this is a really interesting one because what I've found uh, from speaking to a lot of dads over the last few months is that companies are really good in the build-up to paternity leave. They're generally fantastic on paternity leave. And then the immediate aftermath, they're very good. So if if someone took two weeks paternity leave, the company would be great. And then returning to work, uh, you know, the, the boss might say, oh, you know, I know you're adjusting. So maybe work from home two or three days this week and, you know, have a have a late start and, and an early finish just while you get your head back into the game. But then after that, it's just business as usual. It's just, well, you've done your bit now. You've yeah. gone on paternity leave. Now just crack on as as you did before you you had a child or a second child or whatever it may be and that is the biggest thing that companies can change to to help support dads because again speaking to a lot of dads they actually find the paternity leave bit relatively easy in the grand scheme of things because that is where extended family swoop in you know grandparents brothers sisters everyone gathers round for a few weeks and there's lots of support then everyone goes again and they're trying to now figure out how they work potentially with little sleep exactly um, you know and and that is where so i think the biggest difference companies can make is well what are they doing to support dad in month two and in month six um and and part of that as well is is dads we can be our own worst enemy there's this whole Mas- like well i say pseudo masculinity uh you know macho-ness around i've not slept in three weeks and i'm on my seventh coffee of the day haha how how good am i dadding and and you you know I, I don't have any time for that but some people do and there are some people who are really impressionable to that and they feel like they might have not had a really good night's sleep 
and they feel like they can't talk about it because well i, I had it when i had my first my, my first uh child he did not sleep throughout the night for for years so we you know i i had broken sleep for four years mm. and i remember um returning to work uh and one of my coworkers said to me dan you look awful i said thank you yes <laughs> yes i do um and i remember going to speak to to another guy who i know had a couple of kids and i said you know i i'm struggling with this i'm not i'm not getting a lot of sleep and he said of course you're a new dad and and i get it and i i know what what else is there as an answer but it just reinforces the fact oh well i'm not going to complain about it then because this is what's to be expected um so i i'm really conscious of that i think if actually we can just let if dads we can let ourselves just be a bit more vulnerable and and allow other people to be vulnerable if they need it i think that will help quite go quite a long way but i also find in addition to to that is that um even mums do this and i experience mm. that quite a lot myself Really? That there is this competition around children, right? So they, oh, yeah. so you know, the first intro question on the playground or wherever it's, oh, how old? And then you say, well, nine months or three years or ten years, whatever. Yeah. And then immediately it's the, oh, are they are they already walking? Have they already yeah. said the first? Are they sleeping through the night? Are they? Mm. Oh, my children, they have slept through the night as of you know day one, and they are preparing <laughs> my espresso in the morning just as <laughs> I like it, you know, at the age of three. And then you kind of there and thinking, so I'm not going to write you. It makes you feel yeah. like a failure. Like that, failure, yeah. Yeah, that that I, I'm sure I don't know if you have had that sense of feeling that I'm doing something wrong because my child is not sleeping because I have all the books right they're all the science we have tried everything so it must be me and yes and and I think that um, you know these one of the actual the things I wanted to ask you is Mm. is is when you moderate the conversation in on on Facebook or where you have these perhaps live career meetups yeah. how do you have you ever experienced this this competitive you know uh, streak or or it's so, not even there is it something that i would just maybe think because of my experience so it's, it's a really interesting question i think when these conversations are happening within within the career dad groups whether that be linkedin or facebook i've not seen it once yet Mm -hmm. now it could it could be around the corner but i think by the very nature um of people joining a group that has been set up to say it's okay to feel guilty about wanting to progress your career and also wanting to be a present father which is which is career dad in 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 a nutshell right By the, by the nature of people saying, yes, I want to be a part of that group, it attracts a certain type of person. Um, so I, I haven't seen that. However, in just general life, all the time, all the time. And I think that, you know, I cannot believe the amount of people who, A, are willing to give parental advice. <laughs> unsolicited. <and laughs> unsolicited parental advice. And B, the amount of those who aren't parents 
is it's insane so you know i mean my my son as i said he had he had problems uh sleeping didn't sleep well throughout the night now our way of dealing with that was co-sleeping yeah so as he got bigger and bed space got less we bought a bigger bed that was our way of dealing with it now we had or well, i had uh, friends and and family members make jokes say that we were failing as a as a uh, i was failing as a dad i had someone as recently as uh last week tell me that uh, in, a, in a jovial way but tell me that you know i'm preparing my son for therapy because you know he's he's co-sleeping and he's uh, i mean he's not now but i mean he he still was when he was five and yeah i think that there's this real what are you doing to your child how you know it's almost seen as abuse how are you how are you letting this happen mm. and and i just think do you know what if and th- and this is why i think that i'm so such an advocate for standing on 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 the parapet and saying you know this is okay that if if my my son's happy and my wife and i are, are happy and who cares like it, it it really doesn't impact anyone else apart from it might ask them to ask questions about their own thoughts and they might not like that i i don't know but you know i i i do like an analogy and i like to try and make things really simple and i do remember one time saying to someone look this is this is like going into subway and being annoyed at the person in front of you ordering a sandwich that you wouldn't have ordered like it has no impact on your life you can still order the same sandwich that you wanted to brilliant uh, um, uh, they didn't go down very well because the person was already a bit agitated with me you know but but yeah i i just think what and you can apply that to i mean i, I apply that to everything right racism xenophobia homophobia like it yeah. has no impact on my life and if it does it probably says more about me than it does about the other person absolutely now, unfortunately, time is always running way too quickly <laughs> in the podcast, but even though I'm really enjoying the conversation and I'm sure <laughs> the too. listeners are also taking away so many, you know, great ideas and input from you. Um, before we go to the last question, may I ask you, Dan, to share with listeners the website and where they can find the podcast, where they can, you know, get in touch with you and, and, and join the group? Yeah, absolutely. So I I think the best place to direct people to would be the website because from there you can get access to all of the social media, the podcast, my email address, my LinkedIn and all of that. So that would be careerdad.co.uk. Um yeah, if you, you know, if you're if you're on Apple Podcasts or, you know, Google Podcasts and you typed in the Career Dad show, it would come up there as well for the podcast. But yeah, if you if you went to careerdad.co.uk, um, you will find me and and you know send me an email dan at careerdad.co.uk. Uh, I will respond to everyone. It just might take a little bit of time. Fantastic. Now uh, coming to the last question, which is always the same here on the Work Life Hub podcast. If I could ask you then to give to CEOs or managers one advice about how they can get started you know, tackling and bringing this conversation, this issue into their organizations, what would be your advice? Sure, it's a fantastic question and I've been giving it quite a lot of thought. And I think the answer is really simple. And before I give it, just a very quick anecdote. So I recently ran um, an event 
that was focused just on dads getting together, dads-to-be, as well as recent dads, just together in a room for two hours. There was no agenda. It was just talk. Just talk about whatever is on your mind. From that session, the response from the guys who were there was just, this is fantastic. How do we get more of it? And since I talked about it on, on LinkedIn that we ran the session, so many people have said, how, how do I get my company to run a session like this? And so my answer to them and my answer to, to your, your question is to just do it. There is such a low barrier to entry in setting this up. It is literally finding a few dads and saying, we're going to book out this meeting room at this time. And now in, in the example I gave, we're now running a monthly meetup, which is just drop in, get a coffee, drop in, drop out. It's being forwarded to people across the organization and just just do just just do it. That's it. And if your room is empty, mm -hmm. then you need to take a good hard look in, at yourself in the mirror yeah. and, and understand, you know, why um, employees at your company don't feel like they can bring them their whole selves to work and show Absolutely. vulnerability and, and show their dad side and, and start, you know, having that kind of conversation. Absolutely. It, at the end of the day, it all boils down to culture. So if you're the CEO or if you're, uh, you know, a very senior leader within an organization and things aren't happening the way that you might want them to, uh, I'm afraid that's down to you, that you set the tone of the culture. And that's not just with hiring, but it's also firing. And it's the same that, you know, I talk about when people say we've not had a high response rate on our feedback forms to see how we're doing. I say that's feedback in yeah. itself you know absolutely so so wonderful to have you on the podcast and i'm really grateful that we managed to find the time and me too i'm i'm really really happy that you're doing the things you're doing and uh, i think the world needs more of this so <laughs> i wish you really the best of success and lots of energy and and uh, resilience and uh, <laughs> persistence in, in continuing <laughs> your mission. That's great. Thank you, Agnes. It's been a real pleasure.